Welcome to the Jonathan Shuttlesworth podcast. To stay connected, go to revivaltoday.com. And now, here is Evangelist Jonathan. Welcome to Single Summit 2023. And if you're not a single, neither am I, and I'm still here, so you'll get plenty out of tonight. I want to leave time. I know you ate already in fellowship, but I'm going to give more time for that. So I had announced, uh, if you're watching online, it says 20 things to consider before marriage, but I pared it down to seven, and then I changed it. So um, they're pretty simple things. I want you, if you have your Bible, open it to 2 Timothy chapter 3. Glad that you came out tonight. Welcome to Revival Today Church. Those of you that are watching online, welcome to Revival Today Church. I'll be in Louisville, Kentucky, Friday night at 7 o'clock with um, Evangel World Prayer Center. And then um, next week, we have Bishop Dag Haywood Mills coming for a breakthrough in ministry, which that would be worth coming to. If you're a minister called in the ministry, I'm good. I would um, encourage you to be there. Breakthrough in ministry November 7th through the 10th. That's going to be in the Dome because we've had so many people register Tuesday, Tuesday through Friday, Tuesday night, 7 p.m., and then Wednesday to Friday, 10 a.m. and 7 p.m. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days, uh, sorry, 1 Timothy 4, wrong, wrong last day scripture, 1 Timothy 4, 1 Timothy 4, verse 1. Now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last days, many will depart from the faith. They'll follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. These people are hypocrites and liars, and their consciences are dead. How, how will you be able to spot them? What are these people doing in the last days? They'll say it's wrong to be married and wrong to eat meat. But God created those foods to be eaten with thanks by faithful people who know the truth. Since everything God created is good, we should not reject any of it, but receive it with thanks. For we know it is made acceptable by the word of God in prayer. You know, I take all scripture literally. So we already have the first part where you have a move where they're telling you you're not allowed to eat, eat meat. And all the people from the World Economic Forum, the Bible says that's a... Uh, from a demon spirit, that's not from God's spirit. That's not saying that every vegan is demon possessed, though I'm yet to meet one who, no, no, uh, <laughs> that, that's, just, that's just saying that that's not true. And then along with that same move, it says they'll say it's wrong to be married. Now that hasn't happened yet, but I believe the Bible and I can see it headed on that track where it'll actually go where they'll, uh, people will say that it's, you know, you notice how the devil works. It goes from saying, um, not everyone has to live like that. So then they actually try to make it illegal to do what the Bible says. So you can see a move already, though it's not illegal to be married, you can see a move against marriage. So this single summit, when you meet, and we're going to keep these going. Um, I don't know if we'll do it every month, but we'll do it a lot because I, I think we're just going to start doing themed Wednesday nights. We'll do a marriage one. We'll do a singles one, uh, raising children, who knows? But um, we'll keep this going because you, sh you shouldn't have to go to the world to find, basically the way things are now, you have to go to the world to find a spouse and then hope you can uh, get them into church and get them delivered from all the things uh, that were in the place that you found them at and then get them to become a Christian. I don't think the world should have a monopoly on meeting people. I think there should be a function of the church where you meet people. I, I met a Dallas doing evangelistic work in, in Maui. I, I feel that my dad met my mother at Bible school, he, he was telling the story that he had early duty doing breakfast um, at four in the morning. And every morning at 5 a.m., he'd see a girl walk across the campus and go to the prayer room and pray by herself. 
And it intrigued him, and that ended up being my mother. He wanted to see who, who it was. He thought, who's this lady waking up at, at dawn or before dawn to go pray? And so you should be able to meet people in church. And if you meet people in church, you get to skip the whole cleanup and therapy part. And you can, just, you know, if you, now there's, there's people like that in church. That's why we have Jeff here, but uh, to get rid of them. No, so if you would gra- grab them, I can come up with it. I'll grab it for you since it's right here. Please welcome expert hunter, nine-point trophy buck slayer. If you guys can grab the picture and uh, let, let me know when it's ready, I'd love everybody to see your, your kill from last night. So I've got like two hours worth of footage here if you guys really want to see it. Uh, so um, I, I don't think the world should have a monopoly, and I think you should get to, to meet meet somebody in church, and it, it would help. So, uh, again, without making it weird or creepy, just we're trying to make it low-key tonight where you can talk to people, no big deal, and, and meet people that share your same core beliefs. So the Bible says part of the last days is there's going to be a move against marriage. You can see that right now. You talk to people as a pastor in church. You know, I, I told, I, after my divorce, I said, I'm never getting married again. Well, then you better be celibate or you're going to go to hell. So you can't make up your own private deal. I'm not, you know, I'm not, marriage isn't for me. I came from a house where my parents, you need to align every part of your life with the Bible. And if you grew up with parents that were in a hellish marriage or you came through a hellish marriage, you can't allow yourself to come up with your own deal. And so, you know, I, I live with my girlfriend and, you know, it probably isn't right, but I hope the big guy upstairs understands. You'll go to hell. You can't do that. So marriage is something God ordained. And as I I heard a man explain at a poker table on NBC, there was a guy saying, you know, I live with my girlfriend, I would never get married. These are unsaved people. He said, can I ask you a question? Would you enter into a business agreement with a long-term business to start a business with somebody? You know, because these guys are all millionaires with no written contract and either person can dip out anytime they want. said, absolutely not. He said, well, if you want to do that for business, why in the world would you do that for marriage? And the guy said, I never thought of that. Well, to hear a guy explain it, not even bring the Bible into it. If you're going to make one of the most three important decisions of your life, which marriage is, you go into it. You don't go into it willy-nilly or flippantly with no agreement. Marriage is a covenant. It's not even a legal contract, though it's recognized by law. Marriage is not from the state. It's something that God made that the state recognizes. And it is you making a decision. If I'm going to spend... Do you know how much this girl and I have intertwined together? We, we share this church. We share a home. We share vehicles. We share bank accounts. You would be an absolute moron to enter into all that with, with, with no covenant, no, no talk about expectation of what you expect of her, what's expected of you. And the Bible outlines all that. Turn to Matthew chapter 19. Matthew, the 19th chapter. picture. How many of you saw the live, the um, Instagram live that Adalis did yesterday with her sister? Did you know the head of an outdoors channel reached out and they want to talk about Magalas and Adalis having their own hunting program? How many of you enjoyed seeing two Puerto Rican women kill something and it not being featured on 1-800-CRIME-STOPPERS? Anybody besides me? Matthew 19. 
verse 3. Some Pharisees came and tried to trap Jesus with this question. Should a man be allowed to divorce his wife for just any reason? Haven't you read the scriptures? I swear, the more I read the Bible, it's like Jesus is from Brooklyn. (laughs) Haven't you read the scriptures? They record that from the beginning, God made them male and female. And he said, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. And the two are united into one. Since they're no longer two but one, let nobody split apart what God's joined together. And why did Moses say in the law that a man could give his wife a written notice of divorce and send her away, they asked. Jesus replied, Moses permitted divorce only as a concession to your hard hearts, but it was not what God originally intended. And I tell you, whoever divorces his wife and marries someone else commits adultery, unless his wife has been unfaithful. Jesus' disciples then said to him, well, if this is true, it would just be better that nobody ever gets married. Not everyone can accept this statement, Jesus said. So the idea that if you're spiritual enough, you don't need marriage or whatever. Jesus did, said, no, don't say that. So where, I was going to say I don't know where whole church groups get the idea that a man can't marry or a priest can't marry, but I know where they got it from. The, the, the Catholic Church instituted that, if you study it, so that they could keep all the assets that were given to the priest and it not be. So you give a priest a house to live in, in Italy, and then when he dies, it comes back to the church because he has no descendants. It was a money-making move. And then in doing that, it created a setup that caused them basically to lose all the money they were trying to keep through lawsuits of sexual immorality. It's not, it's against God's plan. And if you're watching in your Catholic or you're hearing your Catholic, I'm telling you what the Catholic Church decided. That's not an anti, we love Catholics. But that, that was a major mistake to tell ministers they shouldn't marry. Jesus told his disciples that, well, if you can only get divorced if your wife is unfaithful or, or you'll, be, you'll be in judgment, it'd be better if nobody got married. So no, don't tell anybody not to get married because not everyone can accept that. Some are born as eunuchs. Some have been made eunuchs by others, and some choose not to marry for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. Let anyone accept this who can. So say this, marriage is holy. holy. Say this, marriage is ordained by God. In fact, marriage was ordained by God before sin. It's not like sin came and people start, and God said, well, people are going to have sex, so we might as well give them something uh, like, like a, a bounds that they can do it within. God created Eve for Adam before the fall of man, not after. It's a holy thing. God likes when I spend time with my wife. You should be praying. You're a minister. I, I pray and spend time with my wife. It's a good thing that God gave. It's not an evil thing. Sorry. It's not when, you, when, when you're getting older and, and you're, you, know, you kind of need to settle down or need somebody to cook you dinner. I guess I'll start looking into getting married. It's something God gave for you to enjoy life, not to take away from life. It's not to cause problems. You can marry somebody that adds problems to your life, but you didn't marry somebody in the will of God. Somebody that you marry in the will of God is going to take things off your plate. They're going to make life easier. They're going to cause you to flow together as a unit. Look at this ministry. I'm in Texas for 21 straight days, and the church grows by 250 people because there's somebody back at the helm. That couldn't have happened without my wife. We, we, we are partners together in life, and, and not just a romantic couple that then have our own interests. If you marry the right person and get on the right track, and as a man, lead your house, like I tell the vision of this church. I told you when we had 250 people, we're going to be 1,000 people. And soon we'll, be, we'll outgrow this room. And we were sitting here when I was saying it at a prayer meeting with 30 people. Seemed like insane. And we did it. Set a course 
for your family. If you're single, which this is singles night, but you can't talk about in church single without marriage because you're not dating to date. This is not Tinder swiping to, to, to have sex with somebody and then part company. That, that life leads to problems. Watch Judge Judy. There's no married couples. There's no married couples suing each other for a couch on afternoon television or chasing people down for child support. That whole world of problems exists outside in man's way. Marriage is, about, is something God gave to bring massive enjoyment to life. And that's why we're having tonight. I pray that you meet someone, not so you can become as miserable as me, but it, that somebody that are, is already having fun. I was having a blast single. Then I had more of a blast. I tell adults all the time. I, I was having a great life single. I had fun. I was traveling and preaching, enjoying life. And you didn't, it was, well, now I'm married. I, I have more fun now, and I was having plenty of fun before I was married, and I'm have, married, and I'm having more fun now at 43 than I was at 23. You should know that going into it. And I don't have anybody in mind here. I don't know almost any families that are here. But if your dad was a horror show, your husband doesn't have to be a horror show. If your mother was terrible, you know, your wife does not have to be like, like you saw with your mother or your dad's second wife. There are. Don't let the devil lie to you. There, there's no, I don't think there's any godly men left. Yes, there are. We have plenty in this church that are in the Bible school that, that have left everything to follow the call of God uh, on their life. Are you the guy I met in the gym? Stand up so everybody can see. I'm not going to auction you off uh, on single night. <laughs> Tell everybody where you moved here from. California. So I'm walking into the gym and I hear Pastor Jonathan. I thought, oh, great, because I had booty shorts on and a, like a half short. <laughs> no. He said, he said, Pastor Jonathan. I, I said, yeah. He, so we got to talking. I said, do you go to the Bible school? He said, not yet, but I'm going to enroll in January. What, what made you decide to move here? I, I, I forgot. You heard me when I was preaching in California? In Riverside. And then he said, I was going to join the army and the Lord spoke to me to, to get involved in this church. You know, somebody that would take that kind of step. You got people that want to move from Westmoreland County to Allegheny County. That's a big, you know, my cousins all live here. You got somebody that went reverse Oregon Trail back to Pennsylvania. You know, there's, there's special people. There are godly men, all women. No, all women are not whatever you were going to finish the sentence. There are godly women. Don't let the devil get you in this, this thing that it, all the good people are gone, all the good churches are gone. That's not true. And the other thing is the devil likes to make you jump and make quick moves. You know, hey, you're getting older and you want to have children. You're already 24. You need to get married. No, don't ever. That's not God. God's never rushing you. Relax. Get in the will of God and the plan of God and be confident tonight online and here. God has a perfect will for your life. And as you delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you all the desires of your heart chiefly marriage, which is his idea. If you believe that, can you say a loud amen tonight? Amen. And then I, I also say, tell you this, now that I've talked about marriage for 20 minutes. Don't bring up marriage when you, on a date, on your first date. You know, because that, that's Christian men just shoot themselves in the foot left and right. I really want, hey, welcome to Applebee's. Uh, well, the Montreal says, you know, I, I, how many kids would you like to have? Uh, <laughs> relax. Go on a date. Enjoy whatever mid-range restaurant you, you choose to go to. Just have a nice time. Invite somebody on a date without giving them a prophetic word. 
You want a good Christian pickup line? I have two Penguins tickets. Would you like to go with me? I would love to take you. It's a nice pickup line. You know, just go to something. Have fun. You know, you know I was praying and like I just saw us in Indonesia giving up. <laughs> take it easy. Anything you want to add in the preliminary? No. Seven things to consider <laughs> before marriage. Because most people wait till after marriage to consider. Now, but if you're single. Number one. You have to marry a human being. Is that seriously the number one point? Yeah. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Are you serious? Because people want to marry something that doesn't exist. I want to marry somebody that owns their own business and loves to work out and is interested in missions work. Okay, you're, you're not, that doesn't exist. So you can't have this dream of some imaginary person that does, that's just, you, they, they don't exist. Pe what? You get what I'm saying or no, not? No, I'm catching it. It's funny. Yeah. You're going to marry a person. The Bible says, the Bible's written to people and it says there's a verse in the scripture, make allowance for each other's faults. People are people. I'm not, I'm not giving you an excuse to marry a train wreck of a human being. But you do have to marry a human being. People are, you know, and, and people watch so much TV and stuff. That, you know, those people don't exist in real life. You know, you even read about the guys that are in, in the movies. And then they take a picture of them two weeks after the movie ends. They're like fat slobs. So they're training for those movies like four hours in the gym, two four-hour sessions a day. I think, I think if you're a movie star nowadays, it's just not even acting. It's just working out and not eating carbs. And then they have a fresh spray tan, they're photoshopped, there's a uh, filter on the lens, and people watch TV and scroll, they, they think there's people like that. There's not. People have stomachs. <laughs> yeah, they have little bellies. Some of them have big bellies. Even those guys that are washboard app for the movies, catch the picture three weeks after the movie ends. They're, they're, they're finished. So... D d does not exist. And then you might have seen on YouTube or whatever what they do before they put a woman up on a billboard. They sh shape her neck and stretch her shoulders out. They're fake. They're, no one looks like that in real life. So you have to marry a human being. If you're waiting for Aquaman, you're going to be waiting a long time. Because after Aquaman ends, Aquaman doesn't even look like Aquaman anymore. Number one, you have to marry a human being. Number two. You have to marry a true Christian. Amen. Be wary of people who speak Christianese. I, I'm the pastor. I don't talk like that. If you talk to me, if I'm in a business conversation, I talk business. If I'm talking sports, I talk sports. I talk. I can. I just told you about marriage without using any Bible verses, what those poker players say. I can talk like a human being. Be careful about, hello, brother, and the Lord was speaking to me, and I was praying all day. No. That is 99.9 .9 plus 0.1% of the time a complete smokescreen for somebody that's either an abject failure on no job, no functional life, or a psychopath murderer. When I start hearing people talk like that, I assume they have bodies buried in their basement because you're, you're weird. You're covering up the fact that you're not normal with Christian talk little brother carrying a Bible around. I don't believe you. So you have, when I say you have to marry a Christian, I'm talking about a, tr <laughs> you, feel, you look like you regret that you showed up. 
<laughs> Why am I up here? I'd like you to kick in here and there. Okay, right. um, when I say you marry a true Christian, all of these next five things I'm going to list off, they sound like they're impossible, but they're all fruit of the Spirit. So who, who could have all those things? Self-control, joy, peace. When I say a real Christian, I'm a real Christian. Not because I'm walking with my head down, praying in tongues all day for missionaries in Indonesia. I'm not. I, I wish them all, if they're watching, first of all, congratulations on getting the VPN to get pick up American internet. But, I, I, you know, that's not, I'm a person. I can function. You drop me anywhere. We were at two different, Adonis and I were at two different political meetings this year with high, high level political people. And I, you know, the one that I was at, they had all the top rabbis from New York City came. And I, I ended up at a table with them, not eating. They, we, they just gravitated to me. And I was, I had them all laughing. I, I can talk with people. I can talk with, but people find out I'm a pastor. Like after 40 minutes of conversation, they're, they're blown away. Because I'm, I'm not fake Christian. I'm real Christian. Real Christianity is that you have self-control that you have peace, that you have genuine love for other people. Somebody that says brother and carries a big Bible around and mistreats their wife and flies off the handle, they're a fake. Now, you can have a big Bible. I give big Bibles away. But you need to be. The mark of your life is not that in church you know how to get into Christian mode. I'm talking about the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, gentleness. That means when you feel like cracking someone's head, you, you dial it back. And go softer. That, that takes a work of the Spirit, if you're wired that way, to, to just, <laughs> like Tommy Lasorda. I was watching old Tommy Lasorda videos. I get it. But as, as a Christian, it's like the Holy Spirit puts a, like a governor on an engine. The Holy Spirit does that to you where you get, you're ready, like Scrappy do. And then the Holy Spirit <laughs> puts his hand on your head and says, take it easy. So when, if you'll meet a real Christian, it's going to save you a ton of trouble. A real Christian woman cannot be a psychopath. He just flies off the hand. They have self-control. They have peace. They have gentleness. I've never had to, like, calm her down. I don't think I've Come ever. on. A couple, two, three times in 17 years? That's better. She's a stable person. You know, I, I don't have memories. I, I guess she disagrees, but I don't have memories of me. Trying, I, don't, I wonder what kind of mood Adonis is in today. It's not like that. It's not some, some time bomb that I know sooner or later she's going to go off and you want to get out. It's not like that. She's a Christian. If you'll marry a real Christian, no wonder my dad, you know, he hit the jackpot because he found a girl that when no one was watching went to go pray every day at five. She, nobody else went. She didn't have a friend with her. It was in the dark. The only reason he saw her is he had early morning duty for breakfast prep at the Bible school. She had, she's a real Christian who actually loves God. A man who loves God and has the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit won't let him mistreat his wife. Hey, I'm not getting ready to yell. Knock it off. I actually like her a lot, that, that woman you're getting ready to yell at. That, that's my daughter. So easy. And it, that'll happen. So if you, if you marry a real Christian, it'll save you tons of books to read and tons of counseling. And if you don't, you're going to have to read a lot of books and have a lot of counseling. Save the trouble by marrying a, a real Christian. Anything to add? Number three, you have to marry a free person. I don't mean someone who's been released from Allegheny County Prison. <laughs> Although that will also help. The, the, 
<laughs> Jonathan, I met the most amazing man. Where does he live? Cell Block D. <laughs> but once you get to know him, he's a great guy. Um, what do I mean by a free person? Okay, on the dates, pay attention. Do they, are they an Adderall addict? Are they a cocaine addict? Are they, you know, it's, I, it seems like a lot of the times he's, he's on cocaine. He might be on cocaine. <laughs> Marry a free person. I'm free. He who the sun sets free is what? Free. You can be free. Don't listen to all these people. We all have our vices. Bullcrap. Yeah, I, I don't have any. I won't have any. I'm free. I've been set free by Jesus Christ. I am free and will remain free in Jesus' name. And so will you in Jesus' name. So, so pay attention. Don't, because you've gone on three good dates, don't start overlooking major red flags. Because people that you wouldn't think, there's a, there's a pastor of a church of about 4,000 people that they found OD'd in uh, New York. He pastored in Florida. They found them OD'd Sunday night uh, in, in a hotel. So he was preaching in the morning, fly up to go party and overdose. You know, that guy's a pastor. Suit and tie, can quote the scripture, can quote Greek. But if you know drug addicts, you'd be, you'd be able to spot a few things. So don't, don't as a Christian, and this is going to separate me from any, any other pastor that you'd have in, in America, because Christians have been taught wrongly to assume the best of everyone. Don't assume the best of everyone. I'm not saying treat people like they're bad, but you're a dummy if you, if you just think the best of everybody. You're, you're prime to get taken advantage of in financial schemes. You're prime... <laughs> You know, look at when you look at my Instagram. You ever see those people that write, I'm running an orphanage in Uganda and we don't have any money to feed the children and I'm thinking of taking my own life. Did you know that somebody sitting in a call center in, in West Africa, they have it lined up with desks and their job is they make a commission of how many people they bilk to get to feel bad for them that they're getting ready to commit suicide. It's not even, that's why you, you see me write, because I know, and then Christians, how could you write that? Because I'll write, you know, I'm thinking of taking my life. I'll say, let me know the address. I can send a rope and a rickety stool. I'm not saying you have to do that. I'm just telling you what I did. Because I don't like that somebody's on my Instagram trying to take money from well, because Christians are the most easily taken advantage of people because they think the best of everybody. He's a nice guy. He has a great heart, though. Tell his cardiologist, but that doesn't make him... What do you mean he has a good heart? But he's so nice. There's very few mean con artists. Yeah. Think of that. Because, man, I can't believe he was really like that. He was so nice. To be a con artist, you have to gain people's confidence. You can't be a mean con artist. Con artists are professionals at winning you over. So don't ignore your spirit and your eyes and red flags. If somebody, you know, you can tell they have a drinking problem. It's not that you abandon them. I'm done with you. He can go to hell. It's not that. You don't have to marry every person to convert them. You can still keep someone in prayer and wish them the best without tying yourself in to a covenant with them. Can you say amen? Amen. So marry a free person. She doesn't. She's unbound. I've prayed for her. Physical uh, stuff of a handful of times, you know, lung, lung infection. Uh, when she when she was coming out of that problem, when she hemorrhaged, I had to pray for a lot then. But as far as like being bound, I've never had to pray, Lord, set her free f- from from an addiction, set her free from an anger problem. I never have had to do, or she's bound by something. Pray for bound people. Don't marry bound people. 
Does that make sense? And many people, this is the worst thing you can do and what many people do. Their, their relationship is actually built on a mutual bondage. And that happens in the world and the church. They're both alcoholics, met at a bar. And so that bondage controls the relationship. They both have anger problems. That makes for uh, quite the marriage. Both people bound by anger. Don't base your marriage or your relationship on a mutual weakness. Base it on the mutual strength of being a spirit-filled, covenant-walking child of God. Can I hear a good amen? amen. Say it out loud. I marry a free person. Marry a free person. And you, free people are easy to spot. I'm free. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm like too free because I'm not bound and I'm, I don't feel guilty or I'm, I'm free. I'm totally free. Number four, you have to marry a productive person or it's going to be a major frustration to you in your life. Somebody that produces. I told you, I told the uh, Bible college students this week, if, if you're here for the Wednesday night service and weren't listening to me this week, I still don't have it out of my mind. I'm going to figure something out. There's this, there's this guy that works at the valet at the big hotel I stay at in Tampa. And he's such a, uh, he remembered my name. You know, I have been there in three months. Hey, Jonathan, you have, what are you driving? And then before you're supposed to go and process your ticket and then you go on the list. He'll, he'll say, um, you need your car now? All right, I'm going to go get it. And then he takes off running. And then he comes back and the, the inside of the car is cleaned out and all that. So the last time that he did it, I said, um, you should become a Christian. He said, no, I know. I, I said, everyone should be a Christian. You know, I should be saying that to everybody. But I said, especially you, you should be a Christian. Because you, you're better than most Christians unsaved. You're a kind person, always smiling. And, then, yeah, and he said, no, I'm, I, I've been meaning to go to that church you told me about. Tell me the name of it again. I said, I, and I told him. I said, but... How tied in are you to living in Tampa? He's like 19 or 20. And I was trying to think of a way to try to get him to Pennsylvania without creeping him out or uh, it looking like a human trafficking <laughs> sound of freedom part two. But I just thought if this guy's not saved and he's like this, and remember, and I've never seen him not happy. And it's not just because of tips, you know. All the other guys are there, and I've tipped them. He remembers my name, remembers my car, and I had lost my ticket. He found the keys of the whole, like this, so I could be on time for church. He's a hard worker. He's a product. I can tell, that's not an act. I can spot bums, and I can spot productive people, and that guy's a productive person. I can work on the Christianity part. You, I cannot work on, if you find the Christian that's not productive, what's left to do to him? They already have the Holy Ghost who quickens their body, and they're still a bum. What are you going to do? There's nothing more to add to the mix. The cake has been ruined by something. So the Bible commands, this is not my take on things. The Bible commands a man that doesn't work should not eat. And this is in the New Testament. Under grace, a man who does not provide for his family has left the faith and is worse than an infidel. So you can disguise it any way you want. I just feel to spend more time with Abba. Well, listen to Abba and go get a Jabba. Amen. <laughs> and did you ever notice, and I, I think I've brought it up here before, that as Holy Ghost filled as this church is, we have almost no weirdos that attend here. Do you know why? Because we preach the hard work part and that runs weirdos out. Because somebody just wants to stay at the altar and wave flags and blow shofars, they're not going to go get a job. 
selling cars and stuff. They, they, they're dysfunctional in society. Christianity is not to make you dysfunctional in society, nor is it to make you put on a robe and go move to the mountains. Look at, that's why I read Matthew 10. Even when the disciples were like, you know what, Jesus, with everything you're saying, we should just not get married. Just, just hey, pump the brakes. That's not for everybody. People are not all to be single. Not everyone can do that. And marriage was created by God. It's not a lesser path. Jesus said it's a fine path. Can you say amen? Where does your potential spouse work? What do they do? They watch the kids. Whose kids? Why are they 21 with no income in America? There's absolutely no reason for it. How? How? They don't have anywhere to live. How do they not have any place to live? I was helping my daughter. With... <laughs> Look at her face. <laughs> I was helping my daughter with her homework last night, and they said um, something. It was a question to write an essay about homelessness. And so I, she said, would you help me? So I, in like uh, under, uh, what do they call it, lowercase, like I hadn't written like that in a long time, but I kind of wrote like her, and I wrote... Um, I wrote as her, how could anyone be homeless in America, question mark. I wrote, you could move to a liberal hellhole like California, move into any vacant home and claim squatter's rights, have it tied up in court for 18 to 24 months, and repeat. <laughs> so they might figure out that a 10-year-old didn't write it, but. Does anybody know how to homeschool? Because after that, uh, we're going to need that. It was for extra credit. It's no big deal. But if somebody's struggling financially, you know, it's not like, well, what does that have to do with Christianity? Somebody would be a good No, 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 no. Don't separate the money part from the Christianity because Jesus dealt with money a lot. Solomon dealt with it a lot. The Bible deals with money. If someone's not producing, there's a problem. I'm talking income. Why? I'm not talking at 17. If they're, I don't have a place to live, I don't have a car. What, what's going on? Because everybody's hiring. Everybody, you can get a job trucking. They'll pay for your two-week course, and you start off making $60,000, $70,000 a year driving truck. Yeah, but then I have to be gone a lot. Okay, we've got to the root of the problem. You don't want to do anything. You know, look at even my, my, my new friend that I made at the gym. He was, it's not like he was sitting in a pile of dirt and decided to go to Bible school. He was going to enlist in the Army, correct? Isn't that what you told me? So he, at how old? How old are you? 21. So he's already going to go, going to go enlist and do something. A man should do something. And then a woman, if she's single, she, she, there should be something that person's interested in outside of weed and Xbox. And I'm all for Xbox. I substitute the weed for Doritos. <laughs> I'm not saying you can't have a hobby. But if, if 24 hours are blowing by left and right, and there's nothing you're doing that's extracting wealth out of the economy into your hands in the kingdom of God, you don't need prayer. You need a job. Money is not a mystery. Money is a reward for solving a problem. That valet gets paid. He solves a parking problem. I solve as a pastor, with, by the grace of God, spiritual problems that people have. There, there's a market for it. If you want to talk about it crude uh, business sense, people need help. They've tried methadone clinics and stuff. Their kid's still on heroin. They need a miracle. And God has miracles. We don't, we don't, we don't make you pay for them. But God asks for, for an offering and people give it. There's something a person is gifted to do. Um, Trish, is that your name? Now, I know you're, you're not a, 
I know you wish I'd leave you alone. Let's put it that way. Tell me what you were doing in New York before you moved here. Finance manager. How old were you when you got that position? 22. And you were in what borough in New York City? Manhattan. A finance manager in Manhattan at 22. Now, there'd have been no chance of me doing that. I can tell you that. No chance at 32. I'm not sure I could pass an interview now. So that, how, 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 how is somebody struggling and then somebody else is a finance manager and it's not like her, her dad's JP Morgan and gave her a job. The guy's been dead for like 150 years. So how can all these people live in the same country and I, I'm disadvantaged? Your, your, your mindset is what's disadvantaging you. If you'll open your eyes right, there is opportunity all over the world. So somebody that's going to talk problem and what's against them and the Democrats, Joe Biden, really Joe Biden is the reason you can't get ahead? You can't outthink an 80-year-old dementia patient? No offense if the, anyone's watching from the Biden administration. Yeah, so, so you, you, see, you see why it's important. It's not about that you want their money. It's that there's a mentality somebody has if they're not producing when they're young, especially when you're young. When you're 20, 21, you should have something to do. I can do anything. I'm going I'm to start a business and take this place over. Um, one of our Bible college students, he, he was believing for financial increase. And so he got a job washing windows. And they're making money hand over fist in college, getting paid for work. Money's not a mystery. You solve a problem, somebody pays. The bigger the problem you solve, the more you get paid. Somebody needs a house for their dog because their husband is Italian and doesn't allow dogs in the house because his grandma, she found out, would have a heart attack. So they, they've agreed to have a dog, but it has to be outside. And it rains a lot in Pittsburgh, so they need a dog house. You build a dog house for them, they're going to pay you. But they're not going to pay you the same as if you build somebody an actual house. And that house person, you're not going to get paid for solving that problem as much as you are if you saw a, a skyscraper for a Fortune 500 company that needs office space. If you know how to engineer and build that, you're going to get paid. So the more problems or the bigger the problem you solve, the, different, the, 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 the more you get paid. So somebody that's not producing is letting their life go by. They're not contributing anything to society. Christians should not only contribute to society, Christians should shape society. Can you say amen? Are they, you must marry a productive person. Number five, you must marry a stable person. Do they have a job? Oh, no, they do have a job. How long have they worked it? How many jobs have they had in the last five years? How many times have they been fired in the last five years? Yeah, maybe one employer didn't like them and they were wrongfully fired. Six employers that didn't like them and fired them. The problem's with them. So what's their track record? Where are they? These are things you don't think about in your 20s that I'm trying to instruct you and I hope you'll take it seriously. I, w- I would want to know who their parents are. I would want to know why their mother won't talk to them. Because he stole all their, her jewelry to buy heroin. She has a legitimate grief. Figure out their track record. That's how you don't get bamboozled by some professional player. You know, there, there's a, I'm an evangelist. There's evangelists that took advantage of women on the road all the time. You know why? You can live a pretend life on the road. Even, even me, you know. I would fly to a place to go preach. I had a car that I couldn't get registered, that if anybody saw it, they'd know I was in doing terrible. But then when I land in an airport, I get a rental car that's nice and new. 
Sometimes they'd upgrade me to a Cadillac. I had a suit on. It was one of two that I owned, but I had one. And I was staying at a nice hotel that the church put me into. So any lady that saw that, man, look how successful he is. I wasn't successful. I was barely living. I was going on an 11-day fast till I got paid the next time because I was out of money. But you can look. So don't get fooled. Anybody that's smart knows how to make a good first impression. Learn how to peel through the layers. And I, I know, you know, that now that I'm online and people watch all the time, I, I have to be like extra general so I don't get sued. There, there's a guy I have followed. There's a guy. He's been through three wives since a minister I'm talking about on social media, three wives since I started following him, which has not been that long. There's no mention of where the wife is. She may be dead. I don't know. You'd think if you get married, you at least owe an explanation of what happened. You can't just like get rid of the person and delete all the pictures and just pretend like nothing, especially if you're in the ministry. So he does that all the time. The woman just disappears, photos deleted. You know why? Because you can trick people as as an evangelist. You can go rent the nicest car. Wear a nice suit. You can go into debt. You can get a credit. Anybody my age can, can get a credit card enough to, to get a Canali suit and, and get it tailored and look like a million bucks. Don't get bamboozled by somebody who knows how to make a super good first impression and second impression and third impression. Peel the layers back. Where do they work? Where have they worked? I don't mean to sound like I work for the CIA or a, 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 a paranoid person. In 2023... After watching four or five episodes of Forensic Files, I would pay for a background check on anybody I was gonna, I was gonna start dating. Because there are psychopaths out there. I'd wanna know, I'd wanna know people's history. Because church women get taken advantage of extremely easily. Some guy come in with a Bible and a nice haircut and a beautiful suit. When the music fades. And all is swept away, and I simply come. Marry a stable person. What's their relationship with their parents like? And I'm not talking about sit them in a room and tie them to a chair and grill them with a little interrogation laid over them. <laughs> Pay attention. Pay attention to what comes up in conversa- conversation. I can't stand my mother. Soon it's going to be you instead of the mother. Somebody that can turn their back on a lady that gave them 100,000 free meals between the age of zero and 18, there better be a heck of a good reason. I hate my dad. If somebody's still talking about how much they hate their dad and they're 40, there's a problem. You should have turned the page at about age 18 or 20. Can you say amen? amen? Pay attention to conversation. Pay attention to stability. Now, let's, let's, I've dealt with the negative. Let's deal with the positive. Somebody's worked the same good job under the same boss or they've owned the same company. They haven't started up nine companies in nine cities and the last eight are all failed. They've had a company. They have a good job. They have employees. Their employees like them. That, that, that speaks. That's a track record that speaks. People are coming to that church in Fort Worth, Texas because they know I'm stable. If I tell you I'm starting a church, I'm not trying to start a church. I, I'm, there's going to be a church there, and it's going to grow. I don't, I don't say, well, it's, you know, I kind of feel sad now. I'm starting to feel to not start the church. No, no, no. I'm stable. Been with her 17 years. Been in the, our, our ministry, seven, whatever, 17, 16 years probably, Revival Today is. I'm stable. Patrick, that runs our finances, he's stable. 
People, you know, look for stick. Kofi is a stable person. I saw Kofi here. Is he still here? He's, he, had the, he had pressing business. I know he runs the church while I just do this sermon slash stand-up comic routine, but... Kofi, come up just so people can see your handsome face. You know, Pastor Kofi shared his testimony this, this week to the students that he grew up in a home, six kids, five and you, and a mom. They lived in one room. They used, they used a bucket for a bathroom. This is in West Africa. And then now, this man is stable. So if you think, well, I didn't come from that kind of background. No, nobody in, in America came from a background like that. And he's as stable as anybody in here, including me. So if you came from bad situations, you don't have to perpetuate another generation. There's many people, your whole life is set up for you to marry an alcoholic. Every, every one of your aunts did, your mother did, your grandmother did. You, you, that's what you do. You go, you go to a local place, find a local alcoholic, and just do it again another generation. But I want, as living proof, somebody can be the first one in the family to say, I'm going to have a stable marriage, a stable life that's built on Christ and his word, and that's going to be your story in Jesus' name. If you believe it, go ahead and give the Lord a great hand clap. Love you and proud of you. Something to add? Let's look at that picture one more time, guys. <laughs> Something to add about marriage? Um, I think these or, or are all... Sing singleness. I, I, like me and Max were talking about it and the, there it is. Uh, hey, look at that. That's a long shot. Okay, back to me. Um, one of the things that we were talking about um, on our car ride to get that uh, buck where it needed to go uh, was the fact that marriage is, is like magnifies the problem. And a lot of Christians think that marriage is the uh, resolve for issues in the relationship. Well, once we get married, once you get married, what? Like you think it's all just going to resolve itself? So me and Max were talking about how there are these signs. Everything he's talking about, there's signs. And, and they should alert you. You should, your spirit should be screaming at you that you should beware of what's ahead. Because marriage doesn't obliterate the problem. It magnifies it. So if there is a pornography addiction that you knew of, if there is a laziness that, that's involved or, or a lack of, of will, will, power, living, what, all of those things you knew when you were dating. And I, I will call everybody's bluff a hundred times out of a hundred if they sit in front of me and say, oh, I, he never did this. Maybe there's exceptions to the rule for sure, but there was always signs when you guys were dating. And That's these right. were signs that you should look out for. And I'm telling you signs before, uh, things to look for before marriage. I should retitle it, Things to Look For Before You Kiss. Because once you get physically involved in any way, it's over. It's like explaining to a heroin addict why heroin's bad. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, he's a good guy. You know, they're, they're just, it's over. Cause, and they've proven that, right, right? Physically and medically, it's like the dopamine release. Yeah. Once you start kissing somebody, is like the same as heroin or deeper. So that's why once you get involved, you don't start asking the questions after you get involved. Go in slow. You don't be making out in the Applebee's on day one. Just for some free advice. Even Applebee's doesn't like it. They'll talk to you. I don't want to say how I know that, but I, I do know that. <laughs> Sir, this isn't Applebee's. <laughs> Conduct yourself accordingly. 
So, you know, go into it on, on the date. When you go out to eat, just pay attention. Let the Holy Spirit lead you. Don't jump in. Don't be so happy that somebody paid attention to you, which anybody feels like that. He goes, wow, somebody likes me. And then they, you're just willing to overlook everything. Number six, marry, you must marry a peaceful person. Another fruit of the Spirit. Um, Justin Pito aren't here. Like if, if, I, if there was some market that would give me odds on it, I'd bet a large amount of money. Jess Tercios that married my nephew Pito, they'll never get divorced because it wouldn't be possible to get up to get in a fight with Jess because she's peaceful. There's some people, my dad's like that. My, I'm, I, I need Jesus to help me. <laughs> you can get in a fight with me. Peaceful. My dad, you can't get in a fight with him. He won't do it. You can, he won't do it. It's not because he's weak. He's extremely strong. He won't fight. My dad's favorite scripture for his life is in Hebrews where it says, you know the scripture, without holiness no man shall see God? That's only half the scripture. It says, strive for peace with all men, and without holiness no man will see God. And my dad, my dad, that's his thing. No, I, dad, I'll tell him. I try to get him to fight. Dad, how are you going to let that guy do that to you? You're, well, he's an older minister. I said, you're an older minister. You're 65. I told you the one time this guy was giving my dad a hard time. And uh, he said, but I didn't say anything because the Bible says not to rebuke an older minister. I said, dad, because my dad, I mean, he moves, you know, hunts, fishes, moves. He sees himself as like a young man, which is great. But he said, the Bible says not to rebuke an older minister. I said, dad, the guy's 68. You're 64. I said, if you two got in a fight, no one would say that young evangelist rebuked an older minister. They'd say two old guys got in a fight. <laughs> but my dad, you know, that's something to, to, to covet for me. That's, that's a good mark. When you're 21, you celebrate being a hot, you don't want to mess with me. And, you know, staring at people at red lights, just driving around on Friday night looking to get in a fight. This is quiet. Maybe that's just my own personal problems. Um, if you marry somebody that, it, there are people that it's just not possible to fight with. They're like, it's not because they're like had a lobotomy and they're, they're, it's, they're sensible, strong, good leaders, but they won't fight. They, they refuse to fight. Um, if you find, if you can find, and again, that's found, well, who are those people? What's one of the fruit of the spirit? Peace. Not trying to have peace. Peace. An apple doesn't try to grow, an apple tree doesn't try to grow apples. It's a fruit of that tree. So what the Bible's telling you, it's not telling you nine things to try to have. It's saying if you'll yield the same way the spirit of, of this world produces hostility, jealousy, quarreling, bike, backbiting, outbursts of anger, the fruit of the spirit when you get saved, if you'll just yield to the spirit, is peace and love and joy and long-suffering, and gentleness, and self-control that those have. So look for that. A real Christian is a peaceful person. And you can find them, and it'll make for a heaven-on-earth marriage because you can't fight with them. They, don't, they won't fight. There's people that their parents fought so much, they won't do it. I don't like it. I, I've seen it. I'm not going to do that again. And God has, find that. So on the flip side... If somebody loses their temper on a first date, they got problems. You think you're going to at least shove it for two hours. Watch how people treat the server at the restaurant. Watch how they treat people that are under them. That says a lot. How does someone react when they're angered? Do they, 
Do, it's not pushing it out. Do they let the spirit burn out? No, I'm not, I'm not going to take an offense. She's probably in a bad mood. She probably had a long day. Or they're always mad. Somebody made a say, you see, you see, if the conversation always starts, boy, you seem upset today. Yeah. You know, my, my boss at work, they're always, they're not a peaceful person. There's some people, they're a walking storm. If they're somewhere, there's going to be drama and trouble. True or false? And there's some people like Jesus that are walking peace. They can walk into a storm, and the storm has to go away. When they come on the scene, the place starts lighting up and getting happier. Number one, be that kind of person. Number two, marry. Don't be, I don't know why people do this. It's like there's good people that want a project to fix. Some woman that's like barely, ever, I don't know, you're just like, you can't even imagine her ever having done anything wrong. She's like a spotless Christian that wants like a project of a, of a boyfriend to fix up. Pray for people. You don't have to get involved in covenant marriage to, to get somebody help. Don't do that. Don't try to fix somebody. Find someone that's fixed. I know some people like buying homes that are fixer-uppers. It's better to just buy one that's fixed. And especially when it comes to marriage. So no, you must marry a peaceful person. And number seven, and this is for me is the, the most important, and that is exemplified. By the way, and I'm not saying this to get on her good side. If you think these people don't exist, she exists. And she's all the, it's why we've had an easy marriage. Broken a couple tables in arguments, but that was few and far between. Shattered a coffee pot to emphasize a point once, but that's not the way it goes down all the time. Losing the crowd. We actually have never broken furniture. No, we haven't. I'm messing around. We've had it easy because she has, she's not looking to fight. And let's go with number seven. You must, you must marry a joyful person. That will help your life be happy and not sad. Put the picture back up with the deer. Yes, yes, please. Those are two joyful people. Magalas is a party waiting to happen. Adalas, same. And when I met them, they, they were like that. They've not changed from 19 to uh, however old you are now, 51 or whatever. Uh, somewhere in there. They're fun. I mean, you know, for that guy that runs that outdoor channel to watch the Instagram, want to give him because it would be. I promise you, they'll shoot through the roof on an outdoor channel watching two, <laughs> two Puerto Rican chicks from Boston. Just you know, last year when they went hunting, they got they put the scent stuff on face paint, and Magalas is eating candies with the crinkly wrapper. And said, would you stop? What's, there's no point in us getting dressed up in camouflage if you're going to unwrap butterscotches. <laughs> there's no deer within 50 miles of here now. They're happy. You know, Adalis likes having fun. Marry somebody. It's not a walking wet blanket. Drain the life out of you. Person. <laughs> and Christians, again, how anybody got the idea that that's the mark of Christianity good. Hello, brother. How are you? Blessed. How are you? Blessed as well. <laughs> well, it might be cloudy out. It's only 40 degrees, but I still feel the sun. S-O-N. Oh. Amen. Oh. Make me want to throw up. 
Because it's all fake. It's fake. How about over the last 17 years of our marriage that whenever we've encountered anybody that doesn't have joy, there was always something that surfaced that was a problem. And we, we've connected the dots like, what, what the heck was his problem? And we understood there, he'd had no joy. He carried no joy. And then later on, it's like, you know, he was into some messed up stuff. It all gets exposed. Yeah, because I didn't always know, which is why I'm teaching you out of the Bible and out of, you know, not that I'm an 83 year old sage sharing my wisdom with you, but why, what, uh, in 21 years of traveling, you know, it's not like I'm just 43. I'm with people in different cities almost. I've met and been around and in a lot of situations. So when I was younger, I, I was raised, you don't think bad about anybody. We're, oh, no, don't say that. You know, I was not. Yeah, she wasn't. But so there would be a guy that's a pastor, and he's got a big Bible and stuff. Then it would come out later. Did you hear that guy uh, actually cheated on his wife with a man? And everyone, no. And then as it happened, here's what we would always say to each other, we started realizing. The Bible says, in his presence, the presence of God, is fullness of at his right hand pleasure forevermore. The mark of a Christian is they should be a happy person. I I preached on it for a good two hours this Sunday. It was supposed to be one point. Jesus was a joyful person. I read the scripture. He rejoiced. He wasn't walking like this. And he's not on the cross right now. He's alive, alive, not just living, he's alive. He has life. I am the resurrection. I am the life. They that believe in me, though they were dead, yet shall they live. He exudes life. Somebody say the word life. Life. So we'd find out, you you couldn't tell. The guy looked in navy blue, J.C. Penney suit, looked like a Christian, you know. How did that happen? Then She said, you know, that guy was never happy, though. And we started realizing when that stuff would happen, that guy, yeah, he said he prayed a lot, yeah. but he was not a happy. You ever see people that smile and their eyes don't smile? Yeah. <laughs> that, that's a problem. There's no brightness. Put the twins back up on, on, this, on the uh, picture. Yes, please do. <laughs> see, those eyes, well, you, you can't, can't see, can't see my, my wife. <laughs> she looks like an Pur- Avenger. Purposefully. There's life, there's life in the eyes. See, sin, as much as the devil gives the appeal that sin's life, sin, and I'm not saying this as a pastor, I'm telling you this, if I was just a 43-year-old man, I would have at least come to the conclusion now that alcohol and all that stuff does not aid life, it saps life, which is why Joe Rogan and everybody on down the line is trying to quit. They, they can tell it's killing me, not just their life, not just their liver. Like, I'm not having fun. I'm miserable with this cocaine now and this alcohol. But then Jesus didn't just deliver us from that. He gave us life. I have come that you might have and have it abundant life. Real, practical, abundant life. Amen, amen, amen. How many of you are happy to be in church today, man? I'm just so thankful when I think about all Jesus has done for me. Oh, you are? Notify your face. That's not Christianity. That's fake Christianity. So then we notice. So then that happens so much that if the Bible says, number one, in his presence is fullness of joy at his right hand pleasure forevermore. In God's presence is fullness of joy. 
Now, did Jesus have a little of the presence of God or a walking manifestation of the presence of God? Oh, yeah, he left people smiling. Unless you were religious, then he left you crying. The only people he lit into were religious people. Then other people, they're crying because their son died. Raise the son to life. Woman, weep no more. Jesus didn't come crying. He came erasing tears. Yeah. And then we're Christians. We're we're his, his family. God's the father. Christ is the older brother. We're connected by blood. We're to have that. Where people look forward. My nephew Jay's in the front row. Uh, my nephew Pito is here. I, all, my, all my family on Adonis' side. None of them served the Lord when I started dating Adonis. And they all are in the ministry now. Did you look forward to me coming over or were you dreading me? Yeah. And there were Christians on the other side of the family. Did you look forward to them coming over? No one did. They're, because... Am I saying I'm better than them? Yes. Yes, a lot better. Like way better. No, but they, they were like the, you know, I can't believe you would use that kind of language. But believe it, they're not saved. I'm not trying to get people that aren't saved to quit cursing. I'm trying to get them in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Then when they do that, the Holy Spirit will make them a new person. And the things they used to do, they won't do anymore. So getting back to to the single thing. Now, what my wife said is, now anytime we meet somebody that's not happy, I I just assume they're like a mass murderer or a rapist. I'm talking Christians. If I meet a Christian and they're not happy, I say, well, that guy's got major problems. Because if you claim to know Jesus and you still look like you, I don't even want to know what's going on behind the scenes. You're a phony. Because if you're not, ever seen my dad preach when I have him in? Happy person or sad person? Happy. My Uncle Ted, too happy. <laughs> They're all happy. My Uncle Terry, happy. My Uncle Tim, happy. I, I, this is an anomaly to me because I grew up around. My mother was too happy. We went to a church near here growing up down in Washington County. And I told you they'd have this lady singing. She's singing an operetta, opera, opera falsetto voice. Like that. And for some reason, when I was seven, that struck me really funny. Plus, she was like, she was a larger lady singing like that. I couldn't take it. So I'd start laughing and I'd start knocking my mom's knee with my knee, and she her face would turn red. She'd go like, don't. So from that day on, as soon as she sang about, she was on like a six-week, eight-week rotation. Every time they'd have her come up to sing, the second they'd announce her, and her name was like Norma or something. Like, now we're having Sister Norma come to sing. My mom would grab me by the arm and stand me up and make me go stand in the lobby till it was over. I, had, I know they have all this hashtag church hurt. I had fun in church. Crazy people, kooky people, some of the weirdest outfits you'd ever see in your life. Hey, that floral ankle-length skirt really pairs nicely with that Jerome Bettis jersey. Congratulations. <laughs> you look great. Must be nice to live in a home with no mirrors. It's, it's fun. So Christians should have joy. So if you meet a guy and he checks all those other boxes, faithful to church, job, but he's miserable. I don't know what's wrong. So you're being very judgmental. Let me tell you something. It'll help you in life to be a little judgmental. Not that you have to judge that person, but as far as making decisions, why do you think the Bible gave you a bunch of things to look out for if you're not supposed to make any judgments? 
I'm not walking around judging people. I'm not going to go next door to Pramani Brothers to the bar. Can't believe people are in here drinking alcohol while your families are at home. No. I'm not judging people. But when it comes to decision making, yeah, yeah, there's bad and good. I'm not going to let this world turn me into a moron. We shouldn't judge. No, no, no. That'll get you killed. And I'm telling you, I'm not paranoid. But when I was at the Ross Park Mall, I was walking. I was on the phone. I was in the parking lot by myself. And a guy had a hooded sweatshirt with the hood up, walked by me. And then as he walked by me, turned around and started walking in the same direction as me. And I wasn't walking towards the mall. I was walking away from the mall. I turned around and went, what? If you're going to stab me or whatever, let's do it face up. Well, you know, I shouldn't judge. No, you got a hoodie on with the hood up. I already have nine guards up out of ten. Yeah, political correctness will get you killed. If you're walking down the sidewalk and three guys turn around and start walking the same way as you, that's probably not going to, they're probably not Jehovah's Witnesses in hoodies. (laughs) Now, almost everybody that's in this church knows all that. But if you're not careful, you're going to let the fact that you're now a Christian think that you can't critically think anymore. And that it's not Christian-like to assume bad things about people. No. Be as Jesus said, be as harmless as doves, but as wise as serpents. Say it with me. Harmless as doves. Wise as serpents. Yeah, when the guy turned around and followed me, I didn't turn around and kick him. I just said, what? And walked. He walked away. I'm not, I'm not looking to hurt people. I don't want to hurt anybody. Verbally, physically, anything. I really don't. I'm harmless. I haven't hurt anybody. I don't do it. I'm harmless. But in my mind, Brother Jeff, stand up so people know who I'm referencing at. And then him. What, you know, he's here for a reason. He's here for a reason. Do you know why? Because I'm harmless, but I know there's people that have no problem coming into a church and shooting every last one of you. So I'm like, well, I can't believe that happened. No, it's already happened a hundred times. So how about being as wise as serpents and have a system set up that if some, why does it say no backpacks on the window? Because who, why do you need a tactical backpack for church? You either have a gun in there or a tambourine, and I don't want either of them. the heck packs a backpack for hey honey come on we've been waiting for you girl hold on <laughs> you lowly trekking to church oh yeah i had a guy walk into my meeting in, in northern canada saskatchewan he came in 45 minutes late in all black with black tactical pants on and a black tactical backpack and sat down by himself i walked i walk around when i preach you know oblivious particularly canadian churches totally oblivious just look like it's normal. He's by himself, backpack. Maybe I'm wrong. But I, I was walking and teaching. I walked right over to where he was at very casually, grabbed his backpack and took it and went over as I was preaching and put it over by the piano. I'm not waiting to see why you waltz into church an hour late by yourself with a tactical backpack on. Now, you can make wrong assumptions. A guy came to this church. His name's Timothy. His mother and, and father and him know our family. He flew up from Texas by himself. He's 40 years old with a ponytail. And he came up. His mother made a homemade... Ba- Look at Jeff smiling. Je- Jeff, Jeff, stand up one more time. Let everybody see the smile on your face because you don't see this. Way. Come on. Let- Show people. People should see your smile. It's the first time I've ever seen you smile. All right, fine. At your size, you can do whatever you want. 
So he has a homemade baby doll with him that his mother made for Camila. So before the service, he said, my, my mother made this for your daughter. I wanted to get, give it to her. I said, no, no, no. You keep it and give it to her after service because getting to see her face light up is half the fun. He said, okay. So I didn't think it through. So he's sitting by himself, 40 years old, with a homemade baby doll that's big sitting on the seat next to him. And I see Jeff and one of the other guards moving in behind him. Like to... There you can tell they're getting ready to just take the life, snatch the life out of his body and throw him out in the parking lot. Get this pervert out of here. No, so sometimes things are not what they appear. But most times things are exactly what they appear. So use your head. Don't be blinded. Marry a joyful person. And it'll make your life easy. You can't make me not joyful. I'm a joyful person. So together, the combination of us two, look what, look what it produced with Camila. Then even look at that. Imagine your kids not knowing any battle that you had to fight growing up because they have a happy, peaceful, Christ-filled mother and a happy, peaceful, joyous, Christ-filled father. Some of you that are here that are married couples, you're already doing that. Like your kid. There's no chance that kid will grow up to be anything but a winner with you to the, uh, uh, Jake as, as the father. Okay. You guys are, you guys are great. I know you. It can't happen. There's certain ingredients that just can't fail. So think of this. In you doing things right, not only are you changing your life, you're going to make a life before long that that life is going to just know ease. Camila has not known hardship. We have fun in our family. I pray as your pastor from the bottom of my heart. And then those of you that are 50, 55, had a spouse pass away, had a divorce, you got saved later in life, and, th and things went haywire before. Your life's not over. There's tons of people. I, I heard Washington County is the second oldest county in the United States, uh, where West Palm Beach is, is first oldest in the country, and Washington's second oldest. So there's plenty of old jicks around. And, <laughs> old guys around. God's not, God's not going to forget about you later in life. I want everybody to hear this. If you've had a rough life up until now and you're 50, 55, 60, God hasn't written you off. God will give you, delight yourself in me. Where are you tonight? We having this conversation at a bar or a restaurant or a Taylor Swift con con uh, concert? No. I don't think she has conferences. The Taylor Swift Women's Conference. I didn't feel one drop of anointing. I'm never coming back. <laughs> Speaking of which, do you know in our Bible college we have an English class? How many Bible college students are here? Do you know one of the reasons we have an English class? My cousin Preston went to Bible school with this guy. Jay's not on his head because he knows it. And the kid drove from Columbus, Ohio to our church on the first Friday or the first <laughs> Saturday of the month for the communion service. And then after, my cousin Preston said, hey, how'd you enjoy the service? He went, it was a very good service, but it wasn't very funny. He said, yeah, it was a communion service. He said, oh, I thought it said comedy service. <laughs> yeah, it helps if you can sound words out after college. Can you imagine thinking it's a comedy night? And this kid's like, what are you saying about the blood of Jesus is true, but this is not funny in any way. He drove two hours for comedy and got nothing. Yeah, it helps in life if you can read. So if you're fit, in his, delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you what? A desire. 
I'm tired of being alone. God is not going to leave you alone. Just don't Ishmael it. Don't go after the thing that you want that God said you can have in the flesh. Let God do it. You don't have to go on FarmersOnly.com. Let God do it. Get in places. And I had that as a practical thing to finish off with. How do you do it then? Where did I meet her? Doing the work of the Lord. If you're at this church, this is one of the great things that comes out of this church now at this size. And it's one of the things Dag Haywood Mills wrote about in the, the value of having a mega church. You go to a church of 38 people. There's one guy your age and you don't like him. You're, you're finished. This church has a lot of people coming. There's a, and a lot of great people that are getting saved and, and delivered. People that are already saved that moved here from, I mean, my friend here just moved. What month did you move here? Two months ago from Los Angeles. And he's a, there's people coming in from everywhere that love God. Women that love God. Men that love God. You'll meet people serving as an usher. Serving in the children's department. Serving at young adults. We have a young adults group. We've been cracking on bad nights. We've got 90 young adults. We're up over 100 usually now. Our seniors brunch was at 93 the last time we had a seniors brunch. We have one a month. Get involved here. Meet people here. People that are evil don't last here. Almost every service, if you're here, if you watch, I'm not saying everybody that does this is evil, but at about the 45-minute mark, 50-minute mark, somebody, yeah, because if you have, demons can hide in church, but they can't hide in the anointing. And if somebody came to church to do harm or prey on women, they're not going to stay in that manifest presence of God. It'll drive them straight out the door. If they won't get rid of it, it'll drive them out the door. You can't hang around a church like this in sin. Amen. You can't. You either will get rid of the sin and get saved, or you'll go out the door. So when you go here and you see people that are here week after week or in Bible school pursuing the call of God on their life or whatever, this church, it's one of the great things about having a mega church is there's mega people. There's people around. You could even go out for three dates and it not work out and break up. You don't have to leave the church. Just go sit on the left. <laughs> At that soccer field, you'll be 200 freaking yards away. They'll need a Leopold scope to find you. Yeah, so, so it, it's set up for that. I'm not trying to get everybody dating everybody. I'm just saying, you can do it. You know, go after it. You, want, you're, you don't want to be alone? Don't be alone anymore. Do you know, and I'll close with this and I'll leave you alone. There was one woman that came up to me last week at the end of service with, with her daughter and her daughter's boyfriend. And she's in her 50s. And she said, she was crying. She said, I don't have a husband anymore. All I had was a dog and the dog died this week. And I don't want to be alone. She said, I've had the hardest weekend. I don't like being alone. Well, I, A, I prayed for her, And B, yeah, I might not be able to manifest a husband for her this week. But I, uh, did we get it for her yet? She said the golden retriever. Pick it up on Sunday? All right. We have a golden retriever puppy coming her way. You know why? Because it solves the problem. I said, you don't want to be alone? I said, I guarantee you within one week, you'll wish you were alone. That thing will be eating everything you have. You won't have a free moment. You won't have time. You know, the Lord spoke. I've never done that at the altar in my life. I'm a Pentecostal. I'm not an Episcopalian. I don't solve problems with puppies and therapy dogs. I solve them with prayer. But when that, okay, you don't want to be alone? I, I, the Lord gave that to me. Get her a golden retriever puppy. She won't even have time to be depressed. 
That dog will run her ragged. She'll go to sleep at like 10 to 6 at night. So why am I saying that? I don't know. No. Why am I saying it? Because there's practical solutions. However your life is going right now that you're not satisfied with. It does not have to stay that way. That is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's Jesus finding people that are crippled, blind, sad, whatever. And within one day, they're happy singing praises to God. The Bible is a life-changing book. God is a life-changing entity. He created you. He is God a good father? Is God a better father than me? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can say it. It's fine. <laughs> I'm going to get upset. It's the right answer. And then think of me. I was playing um, uh, Modern Warfare last night with, with, with my friends. What a way to start a sentence in, in, in your mid-40s. And I hear Camila, Adonis is hunting. I hear crying downstairs. So I thought, man, she hurt us. Was she running and, like, kicked the, the table or what? I was like, hey, could that be her crying? It's her crying. So I, I come down and said, hey, are, are you crying? Yeah, what's wrong? She said, I have so much homework. Because she missed uh, the week when she sprained her ankle. And they gave it all to her to make up for the next day. So she was there. And I remember that feeling. I hated that stuff. And I hated it enough that the thought of even helping her with her fifth grade work. <laughs> I was like this close. Even my daughter as a Christian. Man, sorry to hear that. You know, I'm going to keep you in prayer upstairs in between games. I was like this close. And her crying so moved my heart that I took the headset off and I said, what, where's the work? And that's when I wrote that essay on homelessness <laughs> that will probably get her expelled from school. And uh, she did some, and then I was writing insane answers in her Philip. <laughs> now you think, if you fathers being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to you? If I would do that with my cold heart and just set everything up pause to alleviate her tears, and I'm limited in my power and intelligence. And God's unlimited in his power and in his intelligence. And he loves you more than I love Camila, which is quite a lot. God, God will move heaven and earth to give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in me. That's the only prerequisite. Make my things first in your life. Not your only thing. You don't have to sleep here for, for the rest of the week, be at the altar praying. No, no, no. Just, just give me first. I just want first. I want the first day. I want the first 10% of your income. I want your firstborn child. I want your firstborn livestock. Give me honor and put me first. And if you do, every other thing. Ask Truett Cathy that founded Chick-fil-A. He wasn't looking to be a worldwide enterprise. He was looking to run one chicken shack in Georgia. But he made a mistake. He put God first. God kept giving him ideas. And boom, boom, boom. Until the whole country's taken over and you're a billionaire. God will give you stuff that you didn't even ask for let alone the things that you do desire. He loves you. I pray, I pray I can get that into your spirit. You serve a loving God. He loves you. How I many you know with all that's going on in the Middle East, you know, sometimes we think we want things for us, but God, God is not. God can chew gum and talk. God can chew gum and walk. 
He, he doesn't, nothing that's going on in the Middle East attracts, now listen, I got a major situation with Hamas that I need to get sorted out, and then we'll get back to you and your singleness. No. God's not even worried about it. You think God, God's not worried about anything. God wrote about all that happening. He, what do you think, he's up in heaven surprised? Holy moly, did you hear what's going on in the West Bank? <laughs> I can't believe it. God, you can't say that. Thank you for sharing the Jonathan Shuttlesworth podcast. If you're interested in supporting our mission to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to our generation, please visit RevivalToday.com and click on Give Now to become one of our monthly partners. Thank you in advance. We hope to see you soon.